0: my name's Karen O'Connor and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. First of all, and I always forget to do this, so you're my experiment, tell me a little bit about
1: yourself. So I was born in New Zealand, so every now and then you'll hear a little bit of an accent come through. It's very, very rare these days. And I've lived in Australia about 16, 17 years on and off on Gold Coast and Brisbane And I'm originally a lawyer, I was trained as a lawyer and then I've been working in-house as a lawyer and property manager for about the last 17 years. So I work for a guy I've known for 22 years now and work for him. And I also do another job two days a week, property management. And so I'm coming to the end of my master's of counselling. Uh, I had a friend of mine say, you know, oh, my God, you should counsel people with relationships. Would you like to do that? And I'm like, yes, I would love to. And so I started my degree three years ago and I'm just about to finish it. Personally, I've been married 20 years next month and we don't have children, but got some gorgeous nieces and nephews that are the ones I got to see last weekend. So so, yeah.
0: your relation, what, so you've changed from being a lawyer to a lawyer and a property manager with more emphasis on the property manager and mm-hmm. now you're going into counselling.
1: Yes <laughs> yeah I, what I really got was being a lawyer was something my parents wanted me to do. I think you know when I was growing up there was the whole LA law program I don't know whether you remember that program but it was like the power suits with <laughs> and my parents wanted me to be a lawyer and my brother a doctor turns out my brother is a cop so we're kind of like law and order that's <laughs> but, but I just got it wasn't the thing that I wanted to do this is very confrontational and I mean I know with counseling and lawyer lawyering not a word but anyway I'll make it up there it is dealing with people's issues but it's just a different type of way of approaching it mm. yeah so
0: with the counseling what yes. what drew you to the counseling
1: Uh, I think I've always wanted to make a difference with people and it seemed like now was the right time to do it. So I'm 47, almost 48, and I've kind of been, you know, like faffing around with this property job going, I don't love it. I don't, you know... (laughs) I don't love it. I'm not even going to pretend. My bosses know this. That's no secret to them. And they know that, you know, the plan is to go full-time counselling. And what drew me to the counselling in particular, um, so I'm studying through QUT, and their degree is very much based on, you know, not knowing. And I don't, I will never, ever have the same experience you've had, Karen, or anyone else's have. And so you're the expert in your life. And being able to, like, just... uh, not uh, there's no way I have to be an expert in it and I really like that ability to empower people to empower themselves yeah. So
0: and um, you want to uh, rather than it being cancelling a
1: one-on-one cancelling you want to do relationship counselling. is that right that's right yeah so my practice name is open relationship counselling so a lot of the focus there will be relationships like our standard you know hetero mono <laughs> normative relationships but a lot of the focus will be on uh, relationships that are more um, open relationships or uh, polyamorous or swinging where people are like ethically going into these types of relationships and they do it with open communication and um, consent consent obviously the big one it's a lot different from cheating but yeah the emphasis on people really um, building their relationships to look the way that they want them rather than, you know, what society says we have need to do for the last, you know, however many years. It's it's just basically said it's a man and a woman together. And, you know, in the last few years we've seen that change where we've had um, gay and lesbian marriage approved, you know. And so there's a lot of... I'm going to probably talk too much just so you oh, know. Oh, no, this is, this is great, yeah. So there's quite a few studies. Um, like there's one study in particular, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head that says there's about 20% of adults in the United States have been involved in some kind of open relationship at some stage or another. It might have been when they were teenagers or they might have had, you know, a swinging experience or they might may have a more long-term um, committed relationship with somebody. And um, often what people find, and there's years, there's probably 50 years of research on this, that when those types of people go to therapy, the first, like quite often there's a... Um, Oh, like a diagnosis that it's the relationship that's causing the problem rather than, you know, these are people that are just dealing with the same stuff that everyone deals with, which we're looking at depression or alcohol and drug abuse or work issues or hormonal issues or anything like that. And sort of bringing it back to what they're actually dealing with going, oh, it's your relationship that, that's the problem. Because quite often that relationship status will be pathologized.
0: Right, that's really interesting. So, so what you're saying is that if if somebody's in a, a what do you want to say,
1: non non monogamous? That's yes. the word. It's the quite control. it's quite often. So it's often referred to as consensual non monogamy. So right,
0: okay. So if yeah. someone's in a consensual non, non-monogamy that's a that's lot like you, uh, you can say
1: you can say cnm yeah C-N-M. or an <laughs> open relationship in yep. an
0: open relationship then it, the automatic assumption from the counsellor or the relationship counsellor is that that's the cause of the problem not it's not the finances it's not the lack of communication it's, it's the relationship issue
1: and Right. So yes, it is. A- and, and like it's not all counselors, obviously, that would no. be, <laughs> that'd be some kind of story in that. But it, that's what um, most of the researchers, even, and the researchers even up until the last, you know, three, four, five years that says that that still is showing up, um, that the counselor thinks it's related to that rather than, like you said, finances or lack of communication. Mm.
0: Yeah, because the, the three big ones are, are like finances, lack of communication and affairs, isn't it? Is that mm, the that's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, sex, drugs or money, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So why that particular focus? What drew you to that? Ah, well, I think, think, um, sorry, just feel free to talk as much as you want. Like, I'm really happy to find out about this. I'll stop you if I need you to stop, but don't
1: feel like you're saying too much. It's great. Okay. Uh, Well, I think, you know, I've had lots of people I've known through the years that have had those kind of relationships. Um, And I think it's because it's an area that's not really well serviced in Brisbane. I kind of saw a niche for it. That was one of the reasons and then, as I started to read about it more, I got that there really is an opportunity there. And that, well, one, I think one of the big things that, is that all of us, what we want in relationship is love. And uh, you can probably throw a couple of things in here you, you know, you want respect and communication and um, being cared for and supported. Like it, it's the same regardless of what relationship structure you're in. And, Um, I think just being able to provide that for people is amazing. Mm. Mm. So
0: you said that there's an opportunity in Brisbane. Yeah, I can't see, uh, that's what I started laughing, can't see Brisbane (laughs) as being the centre of the universe for this kind of thing where it's fully supported and everything.
1: (laughs) I think Seattle might be. I I can't remember. It's one of the the cities in um, America that's like, oh, yeah, that's just normal, (laughs) but yeah, I think in Brisbane there's um, maybe one counsellor that's very poly-friendly. Um, and poly, does, do you want me to share yeah, what poly yeah. means? Okay, so polyamory is, so you've got the different types, right? So you've got polyamory, is, which is where you'll have a couple or a threesome or whatever number of people, but they're all in committed, loving relationships with each other. And it comes from being able to love more than one person. And being able to commit to more than one person. And the structure might look different. It might be, you know, you have uh, uh, three people. So say two men and a woman or two women and a man that are in a relationship and they're all in relationship with each other. Or it might just be what they call a hinge where it's just say a woman is in relationship with two different men. Or you might have, you know, four people or five people and they're all involved with each other or not involved with each other in various configurations. And then that's come, that's different from swinging where swinging is, you know, just having sex with other people without having the emotional tie. And couples might often have a regular another couple that they have sex with, but there's not, or, and they might even be friends with them, but it's not that emotional um, commitment that comes with, you know, intimate relationships.
0: I have to say I can't imagine like the amount of effort it takes from me for my relationship and particularly because I've got four kids as well. I'll be buggered if I want to do another relationship. Like I haven't got the time or the energy. So I'm, I'm a bit I suppose bemused and also <laughs> yeah. a bit like, wow, because it's a lot of effort to maintain one relationship. Never mind you know, complicating the whole matter by all this other stuff going on, you know?
1: Absolutely. It's not easy and it's not for everybody. That's what I would say. It's like you need to have a very, very high level of communication with your partner and partners. And, you know, so many people would say, no, I don't want to do it. It's really hard work having one relationship and plus my job and plus my children and everything else that's going on in my life. And then there are people that have more room for that kind of thing and it might be that they are looking for a particular uh a different sexual style than their partner their current partner enjoys They just might have something that they want to explore and they could go do that with somebody else or they might just have the ability to love more than one person mm. Mm.
0: so is there a particular kind of personality or
1: that mm. does this um good question i from the people I've met, I wouldn't say there's a particular type of personality. It does tend to be people that have higher education and that's not across the board. It's um, But people that are very interested in education or learning in some aspect, whether it's formal or not. But I would say the majority of, uh, especially polyamorous people that I know, uh, you know, have higher degrees. So that's and, again, curios- like I said, that, that's the people I know. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So that's like a curiosity. It's, it's people mm. who are very curious in life maybe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Generalisation here. But maybe the, people, <laughs> the more curious people are the ones who can deal with this more because I, I should imagine, like, you've also got to be very secure in who you are and secure in your relationship
1: with the other people. Mm, definitely like I wouldn't recommend opening a relationship unless you um you know you start there or you've got that secure connection with your existing partner and then I think regardless of whether you're starting a new open relationship or you've been in one for you know 10 years 20 years uh, that jealousy can still come up which is linked to the insecurity that you talked about and you know there's some great um books out there the ethical slut is a really good one for talking about um, jealousy and what the causes of it because it can be a number of different things. It could be that person is better than me or um, I'm worried about being left or abandoned. And so there's a lot of root causes of that jealousy. And once you start to dive into those, then you can see, well, where else am I being insecure like that in life? Or what, what is it that has me feel unstable and not grounded and not loved and cherished and supported Because, you know, there's that tendency to want to get it from other people. But once you know what it is, that is the thing that gets you, you know, like really gets you, then you can start to provide it for yourself. So quite, I mean, there is a theory that, um, you know, opening relationship is also a very spiritual journey because there's, there's a very much a tendency for us to want to have other people make us happy. And you're learning to make yourself happy, and learning to be, you know, by yourself on the couch when your husband's out, or your girlfriend's out, or whoever it may be is out on a date. There's a lot of there's a lot of emotion to process.
0: I can't even. <laughs> really, sorry, I just I'm just like, oh no, my brain's just going. Also, my brain's split into two. One side's going down this imaginary tunnel, I'm trying, I just picture. all oh, the other one's going.
1: Stay present in the conversation. <laughs> you want to go in the tunnel a little bit just tell me what's in there we can keep talking
0: <laughs> well i just wondered like i was relating it because this is an entirely different scenario to oh what's that program called the one based on the mormons where the, the oh um big love where it was yeah wives, yeah that kind of thing yeah sister wives yeah completely different to that isn't it or yes is
1: yeah it, it is different so that's polygamy right where one man can marry um several wives and then there's polyandry where a woman can marry several husbands and there's a few cultures in Africa that allow that um I'm not sure where else um and then you've got polyamory which is consent between both of the partners and it's a very equal thing and you know then people might negotiate that it's just the husband that goes out and sees somebody else or just the wife but uh there's very much um an emphasis on it being a lot more consensual, not religious based, or um, what else? like a traditional thing,
0: right? So what yeah. would so how would people so say it was just the wife that wanted to go out, and yes, create another relationship? How would and I'm assuming they'd then come to you and go, look, this is what we want to do. What what processes do you have? to go through to create um, a feeling of uh, consent and security mm-hmm. and, and and all the other things, you know? What?
1: So there's a couple of stages. So you'll probably, I mean, there's uh, the people who are thinking about it and haven't talked to their partner yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, darling, the reason we're here is... <laughs> well, well, in that case, I'd get them to come by themselves. <laughs> Like that's one of the services I'm offering is that they come and see me by themselves so they can actually just have the conversation and look at, well, why do I want to do it? Right. I mean, because if it's, you know, I don't like my partner anymore, so I want to sleep with somebody else, that's probably a road for disaster when you're opening up your relationship, right? But if there's another reason, so there's the talking to the person by themselves before they even broach the conversation. And then um, with that, having a like them having the conversation and then both of them coming to me and what I am offering is that you know say one part say the woman's seen me and she's talked about it and quite often you know if I don't know whether you've ever been to couples counseling or you know anyone that has but say you get a person like one of the couples been to this therapist and thinks they are amazing and the other one will be well no they're going to be on your side already you <laughs> know so I'm offering like a free free session for the other person so they can come along, get to know me and know that there's not any side taking going on. And, um, and then the idea is to get them both in the same room and just sort of start to talk about, well, why? Why do you want to do it? And then also um, strengthening that relationship between the two of them. Like what is it that they love about each other? Why do they want to stay and not just move on to somebody else? Because that's always an option. Um, and then looking at, um, what's gonna provide some safety and some boundaries. So some agreements, you know, quite often couples will have same, uh, safe sex. That's always <laughs> one that I highly recommend, of course, um, safe sex arrangements, or they might have, uh, I don't want you going out. I mean, if you're going out on a date, be home by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, no sleepovers, or little things, or just kissing to start. Little steps that are that the person who hasn't come up with the idea can just say, "Stop! I'm not comfortable," or "Can we slow down?" Right, and just really working with them in that process. Sorry, interrupted. No, that's really um, it, it's
0: really fascinating because I mean, having never thought of this, I'm thinking on my toes here.
1: Um, <laughs> and we didn't have a lot of time before the interview, really. No so
0: time to <laughs> even have a conversation. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm, oh, okay. <sighs> Because if, if I put myself in that situation where mm-hmm. John said to me, okay, I want to stay in our relationship but, you know, I want to go out and meet other women. Because um, I'm sorry, what? And, and, but are you just talking about where they want a solid relationship with somebody else
1: or where they're kind of going out dating? and? That can be up to them. It right, really okay. is how they want it to look. And, you know, sometimes it will be, um, say... Uh, uh, one of the couple might have known someone for a really long time and just develop feelings for them and then want to take that a little bit further. So there's already yeah. all that love present. Yeah, so
0: rather yeah. than having an affair and doing it behind their partner's back, they're trying to do the right thing and it might it wouldn't, <laughs> John said that to me, it would not land as doing the right thing if he came up <laughs> with somebody else. But I want to stay with you um and that's i suppose is where you come in and you can't you start talking about what are you making it mean and
1: blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. yeah because you know the um, you'd feel guilty like a lot of people feel guilty for uh, even if their partner says yes you can go and do it there's that inherent guilt that would be there because we're so used like you know all of our tv shows mm-hmm. um sorry not all of them but most of them <laughs> and um our books our fairy tales are all a man and a woman and anything outside that is a little bit unusual and we're just so not used to it. There can be a lot of guilt that comes up when people do start to go outside the relationship, even with consent.
0: I've just got off a phone call with Danielle Del Cortiva,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh because she was talking about, she said, the project she's doing is yep. for the V, yep. v yeah, v being the vagina. So we've been yeah. having this discussion about um, it's, you know, women's, vulvas and vaginas are kind of almost a taboo subject and we're taught almost without words mm. that um it should be hidden and it's something dirty and a little bit shameful and we don't talk about yeah. it and we certainly don't show it to anybody you know so yes. we've, we've been having that conversation so it's interesting coming out of that to coming into this conversation mm. because it is basically part of the same conversation Almost, you know, it's kind of like a different facet to it in that this is the way it is. It's unspoken, unexpected, and anything outside those two norms
1: is taboo and we don't talk about it. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, we're so used to it being a certain way. We don't go outside that. And, um, you know, i talked about The Ethical Slut before and that's a book that I think it was written in the 80s or 70s um, I'm terrible at remembering facts like that <laughs> but they basically said well what if we came from the proposition that sex is good and or it's nice and good for you mm. instead of it being such a taboo topic to talk about
0: yeah that's fascinating so rather than looking on sex as being do you know I've got to say this here right yeah. I was talking to my eldest daughter the other week she's 21 mm. I just turned 21 And it turns out that her sex education at school and she went to a private all-girls school consisted of you and your husband will sort things out when you get married.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so that's only like in the last, what, five years or so?
0: Uh, Well, she was about 13, 14. Yeah, okay, Seven or eight years ago. That was was her sex education. Okay. they, They learned about the actual mechanics of the whole thing you know, this is how you get pregnant. But beyond that, no, Mm. the the girls were actually told it's something between you and your husband and you need to sort it out after you're married. Yeah.
1: And there's no empowerment in that really. I mean, I don't know because you think the knowledge, I mean, the knowledge gives us some degree of power or talking about it and communicating about it when it's limited to that narrow range, how much...
0: mm. Yeah. So, how much of this has to do with, and I'm going off on a vague tangent here. So yes. You can bring me back if you want to. <laughs> how much of this has to do with that requirement for women to be
1: the sole property of one guy? Hmm. Good question. Um, let me have a look. How much of it? Well, we. I think that our narrative and our society is that you know, as a woman, you'll just belong to one man, which is kind of ridiculous because I don't know, did you have boyfriends before you were with John? Not yeah. many, but I hadn't, I hadn't you know. <laughs> exactly right. My money's worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you never would have been, um, I mean, we're not like we meet someone at 18 and we stay with them for the rest of their lives. No. It's just that these relationships are more... At simultaneous rather than you know one after another
0: and it's something I can't get my head around because it's almost like then the core relationship becomes something like um not the same but like your family where your family's always there but you, you're still wandering off and creating your own life in the world but, the, you know, you always mm. come back to your family. That kind of thing might not be the best analogy
1: but, you know. Well, it, yeah, it's definitely one way that's done but that family might start to um, shift and change too. It might, like if um, you've got a partner that's been in a relationship with someone for, I don't know, two, three, six years, you know, someone that's not the, the wife or the, um, the de facto, then that person might, get to be part of the family as well. It depends like some couples like to have a very inclusive type arrangement not that they're all sleeping together but they do things like have family dinner or they um get together regularly or they and they know each other like they'll talk on the phone or they'll know what's going on in each other's lives and support that. Or it might be a don't ask don't tell. I yeah. just can't get my head around it. I'm really <laughs> I know well there's a lot of different structures for it. So. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. Uh, but at the same time I find it really fascinating but kind of not being able to put myself in that situation. I'm really struggling to verbalize because <laughs> yeah. I can not I just can't get my head around it. So give me so so there's there's several different types yes of of these relationships which would be so if somebody were to try this first time, which which relationship would
1: be most, the easiest one to go for? Oh, I'm going to drive you crazy because I'm not going to give you an answer to that. <laughs> so, it, well, the answer I'll give you is very much, it depends on the um, where they're starting. Right. So if it's a couple and one of them has fallen in love with their best friend or something like that and wants to enter a sexual relationship, then it's going to be different from someone who just wants to go out and bar hop and take <laughs> to do one-night stands, right? <laughs> it's a very, very different scenario. Right. And what yeah. age range are the people? Do they tend to be younger people or is it middle-aged people? Uh, full range. Um, I think that I would say, you know, there's teenagers experimenting and then um, I don't have the statistics on this, but and then I think, um the 20 to 30 before people settle down and have babies uh and then I think once you hit mid 40s well actually I don't even know (laughs) I think I'm making those statistics up but there is I think once um once the children have gone that's another time when it's likely to open up yeah because you get a bit more
0: energy and time to yourself
1: that's right yeah Yeah. and the financial
0: pressures are gone as well yeah
1: exactly um or when um you know there's that so called magic age for women and men where the hormones are at peak i think what is it men like 18 and women like 30 35 37 somewhere around like yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that might be something that um pushes it like starts to or has people start to think about it then
0: right and and is it does it tend to be i mean you kind of answered this but does it tend to be childless Couples, or is it
1: ban no relation? No, no. I've met people that have had children. I've had, I've met people that have um, had children, and i have had someone else come into the relationship that then starts to look after those children and has taken the husband and wife's last name, and I think is planning to have a child with them. Um, I've met people that are there's no children involved, or there'll be children in the outside relationships. yeah it can be either and the, there's a varying degree of people being very open with their children or waiting till they're a bit older to talk to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so in terms of when people come to you is that like mainly before they start doing this to negotiate the whole deal or is it afterwards
1: well, the practice. I'm opening my practice in December, so I can't. That's just right. to be clear on that. So I'm not opening. So I, I'll be able to answer that after December. <laughs> just that I need to have. one uh, want to finish my degree before setting up the clinic. But right. I have, you know, I've talked to a lot of poly people in particular over the years. Um, so most of the people I've spoken to are already in established relationships, or And there there are a few that are like, oh, I don't know, I'm kind of interested in that and they have started to open their relationship or seen more than one person at a time. There might be someone who's single and then starts to see more than one person. So it doesn't also always necessarily start from a couple. And then just um, them being able to have some kind of safe space to share without judgement.
0: So I'm assuming for your Masters you did some kind of dissertation thesis kind of thing.
1: What was that on? Oh, we don't have to do a dissertation or master or Aww. thesis, I know. So excited about that. We do, we do do a clinical project and I haven't been able to do mine on polyamory or open relationships um, merely for the factors where part of our work is um, based on the work that we're doing with our clinic clients so we we have clinic for the whole year and we're, and i'm not seeing any poly clients <laughs> i could have i don't know how we would have arranged that because they come through the university um but i have written a number of pace, papers looking at the um like the power imbalance um because there's a you know there's like i said the narrative in our society that people are monogamous and that can cause a power imbalance if the therapist is saying no no no, you can't be anything but that And then the client walks away, you know, disempowered and not really listened to or heard. Uh, And then just, yeah, I've done other assignments on just what kind of counsellor would be needed in that area because you've got people that are, yeah, because you've got people who are um, taking on having the relationship that they're designing. So they're probably not going to want a counsellor that's going to tell them what to do. And then um, we also look at how family systems therapy can come into that because sometimes things like, you know, genograms can make a difference to be able to map out where all the uh, relationships are, you know, what, what, <laughs> who's in relationship with who and, you know, how long people have been together. And
0: that. So you, you used two technical terms then. One was something about family therapy and
1: then... Oh, uh, yeah, family systems therapy is basically, Perfect. you know... We, we all have families, you know, we have, whether we see our families or not, we have parents and then we might have siblings and then we might have children and there'll be a way that you relate to those people. Um, You know, some of the family system stuff looks at first child, second child. Uh, But then there's also, you know, different ways that you are in a relationship. I don't know whether you've had this experience where, um John will say to you can you put the rubbish out and you're like yeah yeah sure and then two hours later you still haven't done it and then he gets mad but and you know what makes him mad but you keep doing it so you've got that kind of causation cycle going on there and the same thing can happen in um open relationships where you know you might say to your partner I don't mind you going on a date but can you be home by 10 o'clock and they come home at 11 o'clock so what what's going on there looking at that Um, or different, like another family systems aspect is um, a concept of triangulation. Um, You know, we triangle, you know what a triangle looks like and you might have three people in a relationship and two of them can side with one of the others or sorry, against the other or, you know, that kind of imbalance in power there. And one of the things that I really stand for is that just because you've got a couple that are in a relationship with other people, that those people don't feel like they're second-class citizens. And, of course, that primary relationship has, you know, longevity or they might have shared finances or shared children and there's a lot of commitment there which never, ever should be discounted, but it doesn't mean they can go, all right, you're not seeing her anymore without any explanation or anything like that um, and have that person just treated like they're disposable.
0: Yeah, because the balance of power thing is is actually quite fascinating because that to me would be the main or what I can see to be the main mm. issue when it comes right down to the core of it is there's a loss of power for the person whose partner wants to have um Mm. another relationship you know they're going to feel powerless and then they might turn it round and turn the power
1: against them and go no you can't and you know just that's right and so what i really want to focus on is um that everyone in the relationship feels empowered because you've got say you have a guy that's um been in a relationship a marriage for 30 years and then he starts seeing somebody new there could be that very much she's a shiny new toy and um the wife or the partner is a little bit feeling unattractive or feeling like she's not getting the attention and yet the new person in the relationship is sitting there going well I'm never going to have 30 years of marriage with this guy and I want that and they can't because you know we can't have multiple marriages in in Australia Um, so there's a, a lot of kind of envy both ways sometimes jealousy and um, like just looking at that and like starting to unravel it for people so they get some kind of power over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because there's been quite a bit on TV. Like this, I watched a couple of shows, oh, I think it was a couple of months ago and it was really interesting because there were two, Two shows in a row that had a reference to you know open relationships. One of them was um, the politician, where one of the state senators had been in a uh, what they called a throuple for I don't know ten years or something like that. I know I knew that would make Not you laugh. Familiar,
0: don't
1: you? <laughs> I knew I was going to make you laugh. Uh, and then the, I can't remember what the other one was, but it, it's a really different storyline to things like you know think about um, Twilight. Is one that always comes to mind where there's the vampire and the werewolf and she doesn't know which one she loves um, and there's always that playing off and it turned out that the werewolf was in love with her daughter when she had it. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, normally there's that um, real kind of com- competition and mm. um, fighting over somebody rather that, than... That's it. There's a winner and a loser. There's a yes, winner a yeah. loser. Yeah. Yeah, and what if we brought community to it?
0: yeah or just took out and took out so there's a lot of comparison I mean that would be the cause of the uh jealousy the lack of feeling Mm -hmm. of loss of power and everything is the comparison isn't it Um, that's right what you said about the other um the other love interest as well you know she's Mm. feeling a loss of power or he whatever it is because they haven't had 30 years of marriage you know and it's all comparison and win and loss. It's like there's only black and white. You can only win or lose. That is our society's perception of this.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it's very individualistic. Like, what can I get, rather than how can we make that whole group of people happy? Yeah, and satisfied, yeah. and you know, really supported and loved.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm fascinated. Not fascinated is not the right word. <laughs> I I like to think that I I like to think (laughs) that I'm really open-minded and it's interesting how I notice that you know when something comes up that is left of my field I'm just like whoa I'm really thrown
1: (laughs) Uh, well I think a big part of my um, style of therapy too is challenging so that fits perfectly (laughs) yeah I mean not not like you got to do you know but actually well, what do you think about that and kind of throwing something um there's another guy that's um in my counseling group he calls it throwing hand grenades but my brother
0: does that really well yeah. he just, yeah. he says I'll just, if, if he's bored he'll just chuck a hand grenade onto facebook and then sit back and watch the laugh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I, i'm I find it intriguing that I'm finding it so difficult to get my head around it. That's what's fascinating me. I'm like, ah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm. Um, because I normally I can, you know, one of my things is I can put myself into other people's shoes. might not like it and I might not agree with it, but I'm pretty good at doing it. But in this case, I'm just like, I cannot comprehend it. Mm. <laughs> I'm really just like...
1: <laughs> it is interesting, and oh, I mean, like I said, you're just so saturated with couple mm. stories, mm. and all the Disney princesses. Oh, they yeah, and, exactly. they,
0: and you know, live happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they still look the same when they've had eight children. You know, they can still fit into the same dresses. I don't
1: think so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly and you know it's just like relationships there'll be times when you're attracted to other people you're not going to do anything about it necessarily but there's like that thought that once you're with somebody you're going to be with them and you're not even going to think about you know you see that guy looking walking down the street and go oh he's got nice arms like it's not expected that you'll be real about having those sorts of thoughts
0: no it's not is it and it, it would take a complete shift a complete paradigm shift Mm. to go okay I've still got my relationship here that's my solid relationship um but I am able to go over and indulge that uh idea fantasy mm-hmm. whatever you want to yeah. call it I don't yeah. know what the right term is that's, you make it that make <laughs> that's a paradigm shift for yeah. people um yeah. it, and it's it does feel alien, like as alien to me as, as going to a different culture.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, look, it's definitely, definitely not for everybody. And then I think um, if we think about the divorce rate is something like 50% or yep. getting close to 50%. And I remember reading some book that said, you know, if we had cars that were failing at that kind of rate, we'd have a, you know, we'd have an automatic recall. And so it's just like looking at, well, what other ways could we do marriage? Mm. And this book was discussing, you know, people living in separate houses and only seeing each other three nights a week. And that really worked for them. Or um, then this concept that I'm talking about with more sexually open relationships. Or I don't know, you get a group of friends living in the same house rather than it just being you know, and I don't mean like, you know, uni students, but as we get older, living in that kind of arrangement and being really um, supportive of each other mm. and just starting to think outside that that normal.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's really fascinating because, like, now you've spoken to me about it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can start to, I'm starting to be able to visualise it, but it is only a start for me. Mm. Um yeah it's just like it, that's the entrenched belief
1: that's right people
0: and yeah. I think as we move through society now you know we're getting more of the um oh, oh right I'm going to apologize to everybody here I do not know the technical terms right <laughs> <laughs> the non-binary and the whatever mm-hmm. else and like I, I have, I believe that if you're attracted to somebody, regardless of your gender, regardless of whatever, you should be able to enter into a relationship with that person if it's dual consent. That that's my belief. Yes. Um, and as we move down that path, then it's only natural that this perceived only way of having a marriage of you know two people in a marriage will then start to change and will mm. then start to, there will become other options because it won't be quite so rigid and structured.
1: Yeah. Um, I think oh, my boss and I have been talking about this in the last mm. week is this whole um, spectrum of male and female mm. and then I think there's a spectrum of monogamous and non-monogamous. Mm. We'll all be on a scale. There will be somewhere on that and it might shift during our lives. Like even if you were, say, in a polyamorous or some other form of open relationship and then you had children and your focus was on the children, you might slide back to the more monogamous end. Mm -hmm. But then after the children are gone, your hormone might go crazy and you're like, yeah, I want to sleep with more people or have intimate relations. And it's not all about sex, right? Um, A lot of it is, uh, you know, there's something that your partner might not be providing for you emotionally or there's something you want to explore emotionally with somebody else, um, then you might move up to this other end.
0: Yeah, that, that would make more sense to me, that it's not like you make a decision at 18 and that's it, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Circumstances yeah. and personality change as, we, as yeah. we go through our lives. We're not the same people. Mm.
1: That's right. And then we might be dealing with something. I mean, you might have a partner that you love that is unable to be intimate with you, say they've, they've got sick or there's some kind of disability, um, you know, that might be another reason that you'd want to go outside the relationship.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much. You're I, welcome. I really enjoyed that. That was, that was so cool. So, so Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Come and join us in our new Facebook group, the Menopause Marriage and Motherhood group, where we'll discuss what happened in this podcast and all the other things that have got to do with midlife. I'll see you there.